0: I'm David Mosley, and you're listening to the Voice of Veritas podcast, where we dig into the truth in information. We're here at Veritas Vision, and with me today, I'm joined by Diana Chow, Tamzin Evershed, Sumant Powell, Alex Brown, Niels van Ingen, and today we're going to be talking about GDPR. First, I'd like to ask Tamsin to set the ball rolling with her observations of why we need this fundamental change in privacy law.
1: Well, if you think about it, the um, the current law that we've got in Europe has been around since 1995 and uh, technology has moved pace ever since then. And uh, so we do need to catch up with what's going on, the internet world. And also I think there needs to be a recognition perhaps from uh, other countries outside the EU that that we have a, uh, a, an individual-centric approach to data privacy, which hasn't probably been present in those different jurisdictions. And, and so really, the GDPR was designed to make sure that those that lens that we apply in the EU gets supplied outside the EU whenever individuals' personal data is being processed.
2: Yeah, I think um, certainly one of the observations you can see globally is that there's a lot of other countries and jurisdictions who are taking... GDPR is a lead, and it seems to be there's lots of other areas who are, or countries who are taking GDPR as uh, something they might want to mirror into their own data protection acts. I know Singapore recently have updated their their data protection act, so it seems to be more of a global initiative behind better protection of individual rights.
3: That's an excellent point, Alex. I think what we are finding is most customers want to be prepared for global privacy laws as they change, and most of them are underprepared today. So GDPR is a good example of a privacy law that needs to be figured out, configured for, but globally, the the challenge is to set up a framework for information governance that's agile, that can change with the laws, and that enables digital transformation.
0: Thanks, Suman. Now, Nils, one thing we've spoken about in the past is the difference between how Americans view personal data, or PII, and how we view it in Europe.
4: Yeah, uh, again, a great point. in thinking in general, when you talk about PII in the US, it's obviously people associate credit card numbers, for example, in databases with PII. If you talk about personal data, again, the, um, the information that really GDPR is focused on in EMEA, it's much more than that. It's about all personal data. It could be pictures, it could be obviously identification numbers, those types of things.
2: Yeah, so I think actually it's actually a good, a good myth to bust right now, which is that PII is the same as personal data. And I think Tamsin will probably have lots to say about you know, the differences between the two. They are not the same. And actually, a lot of the differences come back to the different, uh, different law systems within or the legal systems between the US and the EU. So personal data is a definition used within the EU, and PII is a definition used within the US and so depending on the jurisdiction and the regulation you're discussing the appropriate terminology should actually match and so in the case of GDPR we are talking about just personal data not PII and actually the definitions vary as well whereas PII is not purposefully but is historically a bit more narrowly defined as both linked and linkable information to an individual GDPR and personal data talks about data that is either directly or indirectly um, able to identify an individual. And that can involve more or less any piece of information from your old student records, to a fingerprint, to a photo, an IP address, anything that can get to an individual. So actually, there there is a distinction and it's an important distinction to bring credibility to the conversation.
0: And I think that leads us to the second question. We've all been involved in presentations, attending events and helping uh, out at meetings to explain what the GDPR actually means for an organization. Personally, I know that I've seen an awareness change. So from six to nine months ago, where organizations were saying, yes, they understood the GDPR. Uh, There was a lot of um, sort of uh, a view that it was more of an EU ruling rather than it would have global implications. But I'm definitely seeing an acceleration where organizations are picking up pace, but there is still much confusion. Tamsin. What have you been seeing?
1: I think the biggest concern that I've seen amongst our customer base has been, how do you manage retention periods? And having to do this internally within Veritas, I would say it is quite challenging because you have to have a justifiable period of time to hold onto an individual's data. Um, And that really is a matter of looking at the particular elements of data in a database and then working out what you're processing them for. So there is a big conversation that has to be had within organisations about what they are actually doing with their data and how long they really need to hold on to it. And that is a debate that takes in the business, IT and the legal department and it's taking time. Um, Tamsin, I actually have a question for you, and this has been coming up um, more and more in interviews that I've been having, but regarding retention periods, um, what about competing retention policies? How are organizations looking at that? How are we going to address that? Yeah, so so definitely, I've been in our executive forum today, and I I heard exactly those same concerns being brought up. And uh, the issue is that... uh, often organisations will have a legal obligation to hold on to certain records. Well, the good news for them is that those legal obligations will trump the GDPR obligation to get rid of personal data for longer than is necessary. However, an organisation's own uh, home-cooked, as it were, data, data retention policy will be trumped by GDPR. So if someone asks to be forgotten, the fact that you wanted to hold on to that record for a certain period of time won't necessarily mean that you will be able to... Uh, to, to um, refuse that right from that individual? So
4: one of the, we've, from a Veritas perspective, we've been looking at retention periods for a long, long time, working with customers, talking about co- delete with confidence, those types of things. And what we find over time is that customers want to do it, it's just very difficult to do it because people have to make those decisions, people have to think about policies. From a legal perspective, based on where we are with GDPR, how do you actually see this ultimately being, being able to be implemented by customers to actually take action on this versus keep moving the, the decision forward?
1: Yeah. I think this is a new dawn of data management. The GDPR with the fines behind it means that everyone now has to start really addressing this. What we've found in our own environment is we've got a mixture of approaches that we'll be using. Some of them will be user-based. We will be teaching people to regularly purge their data. We have certain kinds of data that are quite fast moving anyway. So retention periods won't be so much of a problem. And then we've got systems where we're going to be looking at how do we automate, how do we engine this into our system. So I think for a long time, we'll be having a variety of approaches Mm -hmm. and maybe things will become clearer.
0: Got it. Thank you. Thanks, Tamsin. I'd like to open up another question to the panel. What are the biggest gaps or risks you've been seeing in your interactions with organisations?
2: So I think uh, actually, I'd I'd actually go for challenges. The biggest challenges that I've extracted from lots of conversations are Twofold. First of all, data discovery and mapping seems to be a challenge on a general basis. In fact, we were just talking with a customer this afternoon who has a challenge around data inventory keeping and making sure that's valid over time. So that's definitely a big a big gap when it comes to both technology but also process. Uh, the other is what we've already covered, which is right to be forgotten, in that how do you instigate you know, change within the business so that your process allows for and technology allows for deletion of data, whereby for years that has not been possible. And so, those two, for me, you know, are the biggest biggest challenges.
0: And Alex, Alex, where are you? Um, where are you seeing organisations even try and start to take on these challenges?
2: I'd say right now, a lot of the organisations are are in the what we in location phase. So they are firmly in data discovery you know, PIA, questionnaire mode, trying to figure out where are their apps and services and what personal data they're processing within. That, that seems to be the, the general consensus in terms of preparedness right now.
3: That's right, and what we see is that when they start this process, they start with their structured data, they start with their applications, they start with data they already know, the customer database, the employee database, the supplier database. What they don't look at is some of the biggest risks in their unstructured data. So a lot of times we walk into customers and have you looked at the file shares at SharePoint, at the cloud storage you have, and if there's PII there. And once we have that conversation, customers realize the challenge, but many times they're focused on places that they know have this data, as opposed to the unknowns. I think another key challenge that we're hearing
4: from our customers is very much around the fact that they don't want to end up with 20 different tools. Uh, they're getting their heads around the problem and they want to make sure they think it through and ultimately end up with a solution that's ultimately maintainable and sustainable versus again, ending up with these 20 different tools that somehow they have to put together to to get to the outcomes.
1: Uh, and I also think, um Aside from the actual practical issues, there are also some relationships that have to be built. And I think what I'm hearing from a lot of people is the relationship, the understanding between the IT department and the legal department simply isn't developed to the degree that it needs to be to be able to move forward quickly. If you think about it, the GDPR is a set of principles and so there are shades of grey and the IT department has historically been very used to being in black and white and there has to be a debate where the lawyer understands what the IT department's trying to achieve and then the IT department has to understand what the lawyer is trying to achieve and that requires a debate an understanding and a certain element of trust. And I think most organizations now are just at the point of building that. I think the most important thing right now is just to understand that you have to have this conversation early because at this point, at this stage in this game, if you don't, um, you're not gonna get the funding that you need. And it just has to go up through the chain um, because these are the drivers for that budget. Um, If you don't have it in place, uh, you're not gonna be able to um, achieve your goals um, by May 25th, 2018.
0: Thank you for that. I'd like to ask one final question to the panel. What one piece of advice would you give to the listeners of this podcast?
1: Well, I would definitely say if you haven't started your preparations now, you really need to start moving on that. This is not going to go away and hiding your head in the sand is not going to help you.
4: I think another one is that if you, you know, obviously we're focused on GDPR here, but Ultimately the, the real outcome here is proper data management. The avalan- of the amount of data that we create, what we do with it matters, and ultimately if we c- you can get to much better results by proper data management, and GDPR could be an accelerator into that.
2: I think uh, one piece of advice I'd give would be around a foundational element behind compliance, and that is just simply understanding where personal data is within your organization. If you can't answer that question, you cannot become compliant, full stop.
3: My advice would be to get help, to make sure you get a third party working with you, a trusted vendor, a partner that can help you on this journey. It's a long-term journey. It's not just till May 25th. Building a sustainable compliance and data governance framework is critical for your success.
0: Thank you all. Great advice. To learn more about Veritas GDPR, please visit veritas.com forward slash GDPR. That's it for today's Voice of Veritas podcast. Thanks so much for listening.